Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So special arrangements can be made to have potentially affected people be separate from others in the waiting area. In Rockland County, New York, unvaccinated children under the age of 18 aren't allowed in public places. Researchers at the University of Colorado at Denver are continuing to look for a link between the timing of meals and obesity. Scientists say so far in their study they're finding people who eat later in the day are at higher risk of being overweight or obese. Health Update, Rob Dawson, NBC News Radio. What do you get? When you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Room. Welcome to Couch in the Rube. I am Graham Couch, not alongside Jason Nick. Jason is in the studio in Lansing. I am on a street in Washington, D.C. Uh, Jason, we, we, we have kind of a weird situation going on here, don't we, my man? Yes, we do. And it's not a good day to not uh, to feel under the weather. I mean, I was in bed as soon as I got home last night, slept all night, sniffling, stomach ache. There's two things, Graham. Tooth pain and stomach ache, I cannot handle. I am a big baby, so we're going to try to... Uh, grind through this couch in the room show today and yeah so we'll it's it. not uh, and, and this is also our, our our front 43 show we are sponsored by uh front 43 um uh, uh, neighborhood pub and cask and company kitchen and bar on uh just north of Frandor on saginaw in lansing and um we're gonna do a weird show today though here so i've got to get myself checked into the arena so that uh i could get set up and then we're gonna have we think johnny odd shark on with us at 10 30 and we'll go through the games. We'll pick our games, our Sweet 16 games, our games for tonight, and, and sort of uh, how you should play them against the spread. And that could be a fun bit. Um, but because of where we are and sort of the timing, the cherry blossoms have kind of screwed things up. The traffic to get to the arena was uh, immense. And uh, we are going to play an interview. And, and I don't like to do this because I don't think our show is like an old-school radio show where people don't hear something earlier in the week. I think a lot of our listeners listen every day, and they've heard this. But nonetheless, I think it was a good interview uh, the interview with Sean Wins earlier this week on Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, and if you haven't heard it, it's definitely worth your time. We're going to play that, uh, come out of that, and then interview Johnny Oddshark, and hopefully I'll be all set up in the arena uh, with the equipment ready to go. That sound good? That sounds good. And like you said, we're not, it's not something we're going to do often. This is just the rare occasion when Graham's on the road where we have to kind of patchwork some of this stuff together. So bear I'm with actually su- I'm actually surprised we haven't had more conflicts like this. It was just LSU's availability. And some stuff I need to do for the LSJ for that, and it, it, it happens from time to time. 
and uh, the live nature of what we do uh, and, and trying to keep it live uh, for those of you who listen to it that way. Uh, this is what happened. So we will take a break. We'll come back with Sean Windsor. Really good interview if you haven't heard it. Uh, if you have, we'll be back in about 20 minutes uh, with, with uh, uh, Johnny Oddshark and, and go through the lines uh, today. You're listening to Couch in the Roof. Hey, Michigan State fans, if you want to know what's the latest on the Spartans, whether it's football and the spring game and this upcoming season or basketball and how Michigan State will do in this NCAA tournament, or if you just want to know if that recruit is going to become a Spartan, make sure you listen to me, Rico Beard, the host of the Spartan Beat. You can listen to my show Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. on the East Coast, 9 to 11 a.m. on the West Coast, right here on the Spotlight Radio Network. If you're looking for a stylish, modern American dining experience or a bar to watch the game with a neighborhood feel, Cask & Company and Front 43 are the places for you. Cask & Company is a chef-driven, casual eatery and bar, perfect for both sushi and cocktails and burgers and beers, with more than 30 60-inch LED TVs, perfect for watching the game. Front 43 Next Door offers the same diverse and exquisite menu in a sports bar with one of the best television setups you'll find. Enjoy a daily lunch buffet from 11 to 3. Happy hour specials on drinks and appetizers and music bingo from 7 to 9 on Thursday nights. Come visit Cask and Company and Front 43 at 3415 East Saginaw Lansing, just north of Frandor. Seeking family fun on a budget? The Ticket Machine has a variety of family pack specials for sporting events in Lansing, Grand Rapids, Detroit, and beyond. The Ticket Machine staff can help you find the seats, suites, and parking for football, hockey, hoops, and harder-to-find events that fit your family's needs and budget. For the best seats, service, and prices, visit theticketmachine.com. Stop by in person at the corner of South Hagedorn and Mount Hope, or call us at 517-655-3201, and let the Ticket Machine help you make memories. Would you or someone you know love to make a difference in the lives of kids and get paid for it? Dean Transportation is now hiring responsible and caring school bus drivers. You'll earn a competitive benefits package, 401k, paid time off, and we offer flexible scheduling. Excellent driving history required. Paid CDL training provided. Apply now at deantransportation.com slash jobs. That's deantransportation.com slash jobs. Make a difference in the lives of our kids and get paid to do it. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. Tom Cropper, Spotlight Sportsman. Regardless of what happens in Anaheim in the West Regional, the NCAA tournament, think about this for a second. For John Beeline and the Michigan program, we are talking five Sweet 16 appearances since 2013. That is more than Gonzaga, Kentucky, Duke, Arizona, and yes, more than Michigan State. This opportunity against Texas Tech, really intriguing. I know everybody's throwing out the cliches. It's going to be a rock fight. First team to 45 points, wins, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to simplify this outcome to one key player. He plays for Michigan. His name is Charles Matthews. If number one can put the clamps on Tech's Sherbet NBA lotto pick, Jarrett Culver, the Red Raiders' top scorer, rebounder, and assist leader, while also having Matthews serve up at least oh, 10 or 12 points minimum, I really like Michigan's chances to advance to Saturday's Elite Eight. I'm Tom Crawford. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The head of the House Judiciary Committee says Attorney General William Barr has agreed to testify about the final report on Russian interference in the 2016 election. 
Brian Shook fills us in. Democratic Chairman Jerry Nadler didn't say when Barr would go before the committee. Nadler said Barr wouldn't commit to making the full report public, but reiterated that a public version of the report would be available in a matter of weeks, not months. Nadler and other top Democrats in the House wanted the report by April 2nd, but Barr said he wouldn't have it ready by then. Barr released a summary of special counsel Robert Mueller's final report Sunday. Brian Shook, NBC News Radio. And the House is preparing to vote on a resolution condemning the Trump administration's ban on transgender people in the military. The Supreme Court ruled earlier this year in favor of the ban, and the last legal obstacle was removed by a D.C. court this week. The ban is set to take effect in April. Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. This is where hick meets chick. You're listening to Couch in the Rue. Can we just talk about it for five minutes? You're listening to Couch and the Rue. Very pleased now to be joined by the ever thoughtful, the one and only, the great Sean Windsor. Sean, how you doing, man? Not too bad, Graham. I like the... uh... The intro music, although I know you have a radio term for that, right? A bumper music? Is the that bumper right? music. Yeah, the bumper. Pixies. Uh, you know, it takes, it takes it back. You were probably like six. No, no. I, J- Jason has very few strengths in this world, but one of them is uh, he is great with the bumper music. And so we, we we try to play to that strength. In fact, sometimes we just let the bumper music roll because we got nothing to say. And the music <laughs> and by the way, I remember Sean was on once and he said, I love the Pixies. So that's why I try to play it every time Sean is on with us. Since we can't pay Sean, so we have to give him something. Yeah, I don't know that I ever said I love the Pixies, but I'll take your word for it. Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that out there. Jason's memory is not one of his strengths, but uh, nonetheless, we, we we like having him around. So, Sean, um, a lot of stuff going on this week. And last I left you, you were uh, bumping into a wall, almost hugging it, looking exhausted yesterday. Have you recovered? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, for the most part. How about you? Because you were looking a little uh, sad-eyed yourself. I was, yeah, I was struggling. I got a good. I, I went upstairs to get something yesterday out of the bedroom, and looked at the bed and said, "That's the answer." And just did an hour and a half hard because I just I needed to kind of reset my. Uh, I, need, I just needed like ninety more minutes of sleep somewhere in the the last eight days that I've been missing. So I just did that and. and it, reinvigorated me uh, completely so um well that's that's good our, our culture needs a little bit more of that i i struggle in that but uh but uh, you know it's a good thing right the science is there absolutely um that's why i'm such a healthy individual so the, when you were um as, as we move away from these games and move into what's next for these teams and you wrote a, a good column I, I liked the approach you took with today's piece in, in the free press on Izzo and the sort of the change of um, what he used to be, what his teams used to be, and what they are now. He talked about LSU as a junkyard dog team with athletes, and it really has been a long time since he's had that sort of team. It's about versatility now, and the, his best teams have all that. Um, when you look at this LSU team and this MSU team, is MSU well-equipped to win this game? Well, I, th- I certainly think they can. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't know about... I'm not sure about well-equipped, but here's what I would say. They're equipped to play with just about anybody. 
which I think is, you know, you and I have talked about uh, matchups. I mean, obviously it's critical in basketball. In college football, there's a reason Clemson and Alabama end up in, in January every year, right? So it's just, the talent almost always wins out in that sport. In this sport, uh, it's more about how you match up. And and I feel like this year's this year's version of, uh, of the Spartans are versatile in, in the way that they can match up with various people, especially with Ward coming back into the fold. Obviously, they missed Josh Langford in, in terms of depth and so forth. And they, they would have been flat out better with him. But but I think uh, I think that's the key. And, and it, look, you, you and I have talked about this also. This team may not be quite as athletic, obviously, as LSU, but they do have some athletes. Aaron Henry being one, Xavier Tillman being another. And, um, you know, are two, two guys enough? I, I think so, and the rest of the guys are so skilled and versatile. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I think that Tillman is, is underrated as an athlete. Like, I don't think people – he's not a, a vertical athlete, but he is a tremendous, tremendous athlete that, that would – he's one of those guys that I, I think if Xavier Tillman was on any basketball team, college basketball team in the country, he'd find his way into a, a major, major role because every coach would discover this guy just makes us better when he's on the floor. I, and I, I just I, – I mean, if he was on Duke, I think he'd be playing 25 minutes a game. I think it'd be hard no, to not have him on the floor. I completely agree. I mean, he's just—he's too complete a player. The, the one thing that he doesn't do as well as Nick Ward, obviously, is score with his back to the basket. I know he—he uh, he told me and he told others that that's part of the part of what he's going to do in the lab in the off season. But he just does so many other things well. He's such a good defensive player, not only in the way he can get out and guard ball screens and so forth, but the way he kind of quarterbacks it from the back. Uh, a la Draymond Green a little bit. Not that he's Draymond Green, but but that's certainly what the coaches think. I think, um, you know, okay, so maybe he doesn't have a 40-inch vertical, but he does have some hops, right? I mean, he's not earthbound. Uh, obviously, losing all that weight helped that, too. But uh, but I'm, I'm with you. He's just a guy that uh, you can, that can figure things out, and, and that's valuable no matter how many lottery picks he might be surrounded by. Duke had came within a, an eyelash of losing, and that would have obviously opened up the bracket for Michigan State even more and, and made them the favorite to get to a Final Four. But there's a part of me, and I was, was talking to our, our, our friend Brendan Quinn about this as, as well, the the idea that in some ways Duke Michigan State needs to slay Duke this year. Like getting to the Final Four without having to go through Duke because Duke got upset, it would still be an awesome accomplishment, and you'd be in the Final Four. But it would always be talked about, oh, you remember Duke lost. I feel like this has been a bugaboo long enough that at some point it's best just to take it head on. You feel the same? I do, but there's a, there's a slight wrinkle, I think, in this whole this whole potential scenario the next uh, the next couple of weeks. And before I get to that, can I just add real quickly, because Jason was earlier was talking about the memory. My memory's bad, too. In the column this morning, and I, for those that read it, I, I forgot about Tum Tum Nair. We're talking about versatile players. I mentioned Keith Appling as the last point guard that Izokar had, main ball handler who didn't have a completely reliable outside shot. And uh, I don't know how I skipped over Tom Tom. I guess I thought when he played with Valentine, Valentine kind of ran the team, and then he split the time with Winston when Winston was a freshman. So anyway, so forgive me for that. No, no, Tom 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 epitomized uh, not having a consistent shot. (laughs) And if anything, he had... Uh, plenty of consistency with his lack of shot. So maybe you, you were okay on that. Yeah, maybe so. So in any case, let me, let me ask you this. Um, 
and I'd be curious uh, curious what some of the fan base thinks here. It was a dinner last night, um, anniversary dinner, 25 years, took our kids. One is a Michigan fan, one's a Michigan State fan. And they were talking about this very thing with Duke and how Izzo needs to beat Duke. That if they beat Duke and it's Michigan waiting in the semis, my Michigan, the, the son who's a Michigan State fan said he'd rather lose to Duke. He wants nothing to do with a fourth meeting with the semis in the semis against Michigan because of the possibility of a loss there and a generation's worth of smack talk and what that might do, especially if Michigan were to go on and win the next game and win the national championship. Well, think about this. Think about this, though. Though, think about the flip side. I mean, that, that's very. That's the very Michigan State fan point of view, right? It's the, it's the. Uh oh, things are likely to go wrong. Perspective, glass half empty. If you win that game, what Michigan? I mean, I don't even know if Michigan can talk and smack in football. That's how resounding that would be. Four times in one year to get to the national title game. I mean, that would be one of those just program shut up moments. As long as Izzo's here. Four times one year, did it in the Final Four. I mean, a tremendous opportunity. But I, I get, I get the sentiment too. I also think Michigan's got a tougher two-game road, slightly, than Michigan State does, and so the likelihood that Michigan is there is less. So you like Gonzaga more than Duke, essentially. I do. I, I pick Gonzaga to win the national title, and I also like Texas Tech more than LSU. So I, I I think I mean I'm not saying I mean Michigan's favored this week I think Michigan's got a you know a, a pretty good uh, a pretty good chance but I that, that's two really ferocious games and a Michigan team that is playing really well but doesn't always you know has has scoring droughts that you you have a scoring drought against Gonzaga for for four minutes you're in trouble you know that's no no for sure they're they're one of the best. Offensive teams in complete teams, and I didn't pick Gonzaga, but uh, I'm with you. I think Gonzaga and North Carolina are the the two most complete teams. On the other hand, Duke is still probably the most Raleigh—that's not a word, really—but but purely talented team, just in the traditional way we think of talent: future NBA talent, size, and quick twitch muscle, and all of that sort of thing. And um, here's the thing about Duke too, Graham: if, if they got, if they're going to make shots on any given game, then you don't have a chance, right? Right. Although somehow they made some shots the other day. I think they made, what, nine or ten threes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zion hit three threes, you know, and they still nearly lost that game. Yeah, so I guess that does go to show you. Michigan State obviously doesn't have a six-foot-six guy in the middle, but I think that they can get out and get into Duke and guard them in a way that uh, UCF could not. Well, and that's the question. What UCF did was I love the psychological warfare of abandoning a player completely with such disrespect that it affects his shot. Like, I mean, that, that, that's what you started to see. Duke players just being left out there. We think so little of you. Go ahead and shoot that three. And then it's in your head. It's harder to shoot than with somebody guarding you. I, I don't know if Michigan State will take that same approach. It's a little counterintuitive, but it's, I, I love that. I love the, the, the mental anguish you can see in those guys where they're like, God, it's so bad that they don't even respect me enough to even have a person on me, and now I've got to, I've got to take this shot and embarrass myself by missing it. And um, I want to talk about the the LSU game because I think that's what's what's in, in front of us more quickly. LSU is weird to me. Like this is a team that, at some point, not having your head coach matters, right? At some point, they've been inconsistent. They're young, a lot of places. 
at some point Michigan State has some tremendous advantages in this game. Am I wrong on that? You would think, but then, you know, ask Michigan's uh, team in 1989. Right? That's a good point. They won the title with, uh, with an assistant. Uh, he happened to be a good basketball coach. Whatever else you think of Steve Fisher. But, no, I, I'm with you. I would think um, it'd be an advantage. I, I think it'd be more of an advantage, frankly, if it were the second game of the weekend. Right. Either in the, you know, the first. So you have the short turnaround and the, and the prep that uh, Izzo's traditionally been so good at, where I think, you know, he still probably has an advantage over a lot of coaches. Uh, Beeline's really good at that, too. But but you're right. I mean, maybe, on the other hand, Graham, you think about, you know, losing your coach and having something to play for and, and all of that. I, it's just, just, you just never know how that could go. Is the, does the tactical advantage or disadvantage, I guess, uh, outweigh the, the psychological uh, bump that you might get? in a situation like that. I want to go back quickly to, to something that happened uh, last weekend, and you wrote about it a couple times. I uh, did not and have, have sort of regretted it a little bit, but um, the situation with Aaron Henry and Tom Izzo, and I thought you, you tackled this well. Um, and, again, you, you and I really, it was one of those things where you're realizing well after the fact that this is becoming a thing. What what your uh, as as we move away from that and and you saw how everything evolved and you saw sort of the 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 backlash against the the um, Izzo as a tyrant headlines uh, and then you saw some some more measured columns on both sides. What what sort of your takeaway from everything that that we saw take place with that storyline uh, last week? Well, it's, it's just as a journalist, um, not even as a columnist, but it's just a journalist. And you probably felt similarly. I don't know that we talk about this precisely, but it, it was a little humbling because you you like to think that, especially if you're there, you're at the you're at the place of a, a news uh, a news event or news story unfolding. We we didn't have an immediate sense of it because we've been around the team for so long. I mean, I've been around them on and off for 15 years, and you've been around them for a long time yourself. And we saw that exchange and didn't think twice about it. Frankly, we saw it several times the week before, even closer (laughs) in Chicago. Yeah, and um, you know, I started getting notes from my my editor saying, "Hey, this this thing is starting to blow up on social media. It's going viral a little bit." The 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 announcers, folks, are talking about on television. And my first reaction is, "Why?" Right? I think you probably had the same reaction. Why now? It was it was hard for us, I think, to uh, imagine that. To look at that with a with a fresh set of eyes, but I remember later that night, Graham, talking to my wife, who watches tends to watch this in the tournament, and um, you know, not to use her in a, in a sense, but she was taken aback by a little bit, and she knows how fiery is can get, but I don't think she'd seen it quite like that, and that helped me understand a little bit that there were obviously millions of people out there. They were witnessing that for the first time, and that's and and I didn't immediately understand that. So as a journalist, that was a little humbling. And then once I started to realize that, that's when you can you can start processing it and trying to trying to make sense of it and putting it in that larger context. But I just, you know, I, I think it was the optics of that stage, and maybe as the some of the conversations going around the larger society about power structure and how we talk and tone. 
and language and all of these things, which are, are very important things, and a lot of them are very necessary things. And I know there's a pushback against that, too, right, the sort of the anti-PC culture. But they're having it for a reason. So I think it got caught up in all of that. And then you saw people in the basketball world come to the defense of Izzo and just that style of coaching. And uh, I guess my last quick point is that lost, lost in all that um, is, the, is the relationship mm-hmm. that it not only has with Henry, but this one he has with his players. And I wrote about that that night. There's a reason these guys not just keep coming to play for him, but that the players keep coming back long after they've, they've graduated or, or left to go play pro ball or whatever. And, uh, and I think that matters. And, and it, it, I would say to you, and I, I wrote about this, I think the second day, it's, Izzo, I thought, made a, a slight mistake when he compared it to a company. He was actually trying to compare it to newspapers, talking to journalists, saying, hey, your boss holds you accountable. It's all about accountability. And it is about accountability to some degree, but I don't think that's the, the, the right comparison. I think that a basketball family at the college level is like a family, especially at that place. And there's a certain volatility within some families where you lose your temper, you get angry, you say what you're going to say. And um, because you love each other and because you've established that you care and you're there day in and day out for somebody for, for year after year after year, then you can come back and, and use a different tone and, and all of that. And I, and I guess I think that's what happened to me is, is the volatility of a, of a family ideal. Well said, Sean. Now you covered that uh, extremely well. Um, so you are headed to D.C. as well, and um, we'll both be in there Wednesday night for uh, some more healthy living and good hoops. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure, Graham. Take care. Sean Windsor, the Detroit Free Press. You can read his work there. Um, just, uh, I think, as thoughtful a columnist as you will uh, find. We'll be right back. Couch in the Roof. You're connected to Business Wrap in a snap. Julie Mann here, the host of Work Matters, the show that ponders, does work matter? And if it does, why? For over 30 years, my background has afforded me the opportunity to be entrenched in business and people issues. And a common thread behind many business challenges is that work does matter. And we know that employees do matter. And both of these are very important to business culture and to business success. So on Work Matters, we focus on workplace issues and topics that help your business grow. One of the topics that's very important to business, especially in today's time, is manufacturing and the health of manufacturing, and then, of course, jobs in manufacturing. Understanding that the health of manufacturing in Michigan is booming, that Michigan manufacturing is a key component to everything that we do in the state of Michigan, how important it is to make things, and how important it is from a job perspective to develop our youth, to engage in our youth, and to help people understand the pathways that are available to them in the manufacturing careers. In creating paths for our youth to explore, we know that career exploration and the ability for our youth to see manufacturing is a key component and helping them understand those manufacturing jobs and those manufacturing pathways, which are very important for Michigan's future. Want to learn about more how Michigan is leading the way in connecting our youth and manufacturing? Join me on Work Matters. For more in-depth business discussion on this topic and many more, go to businesswrap.biz. Also, download the free OneTouch Business Wrap app by searching Business Wrap on the Apple App Store or Google Play.
And from our founder, Suzanne Heward, that's a wrap. When basketball season's over, we are going to have a regular segment with Divorce Doug. I have PTSD. Doug and these dating apps. It's incredible. Tells me some of the stuff during the break. I'm like, yeah, I know where that goes. It's- Do you miss it? No. You out of your mind? What the hell am I supposed to say on this? Anyway? <laughs> I know. Teresa, listen to the show, you idiot. <laughs> Do I miss it? Do you miss getting uh, laid randomly on a Tuesday night? No. No, Graham, I don't whatsoever. Sure. Uh, <laughs> what kind of wingman are you? Couch in the room. 10 a.m. to noon Eastern, 7 to 9 a.m. Pacific on Spotlight Radio Network. All right, we are back here on Couch in the Roof. Graham Couch alongside Jason Nick. I am back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with, uh, with Sean Windsor from earlier this week. Again, apologies for the bit of a cluster this uh, this morning's show uh, has become. I was just joking with uh, with Jack Ebling actually in the press room, and he says, if you only have three disasters a week, then you're winning. So this is one, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. Um, Jason, I want to get into some lines with you. We're supposed to have uh, Johnny Oddshark on with us shortly. We'll see if that can work. He's got some scheduling issues today. Um, would, uh, you want to go through the games that we're planning to play tonight before Johnny, or you think we're going to sure, get Sure, we can do it. Yeah, I just need a couple of minutes. We'll... Uh... John's so busy. He's uh, we had some conflict problems with the with the schedule. So not not a problem. Not a problem. I tell you what though, this is this is one of these days, and, and I hope you know. Yesterday I was complaining about um, the fact there were no games today, and it was almost as if I wasn't paying attention to opening day. Today is a great day to get off work early. There's like a million one o'clock games, three o'clock games. You can check out opening day, go home half drunk, watch the NCAA tournament. I wish I could do all that. Yeah, but some of these games, you know, the 9.30 start times for Michigan-Texas Tech, the 9.59 start time for UVA-Oregon. It, it, it bothers me. Yeah. If, somebody, if somebody who missed the 1986 Duke-Louisville final on a Monday night because his father wouldn't let him stay up for it, and, uh, may, you know, maybe I was just uh, seven, six years old, but still, big deal, and I was upset. I mean, why, why start these games so late? I get to the West Coast stuff. I get that the Michigan game is being played out West. And it's always the challenge when you've got a country that spans, you know, three time zones. But you really got to go that late. Can you not have everything tip at least before nine o'clock? I mean, on a on a on a, on a weeknight, it just it seems doesn't seem like too much to ask. Yeah, but it's all for the West Coast, though, Graham. The East Coast, the Coast they don't is, they don't care about us, you know, trying to get us to bed on time. The flip side of that is West nobody Coast. cares about the West Coast. The East Coast, what matters? No, I mean, when's the last time anybody said this show is on its Seven Central, eight Eastern. It's not at eight Eastern, seven Central. Right. The world, the world is in our is in our time zone. Uh, the, the, what matters is in our time zone. Everything else uh, adjusts to it. And and uh, you you know you've also got a fan base that is in Eastern time zone. I wish they would, you know, obviously TV dictates all of this. And again, I I still think it would be really cool to have a game at twelve thirty, a game at two thirty, or twelve fifteen, two thirty, and then two at night. I think that would be the better but way. Why did baseball do that? Why would you have your opening day? on the NCAA tournament Thursday. It, it makes no sense. Well, a couple of things. They moved the whole season up to try and get more days off uh, during the week. And it's a weird year with a late Easter, the NCAA tournament, you know, later than a, a, a lot of years. Uh, like, this would be Final Four week, I guess, almost some years. Yeah, but have so opening some, day yesterday. I would have, you know, I would have tuned yeah. in. There was nothing nothing to watch yesterday. No doubt. I, no I doubt. never it, understood that. When you, when you know that there's going to be just a wide-open day, 
that you can have all to yourself. Some of these sports that complain about not getting, you know, getting to the ratings they want. Hey, slap opening day on there. No, and it's a huge mistake because if you think about what baseball is, baseball is opening day, and then for a lot of markets, it's see in a few months. It's the trade deadline. It's you know what I mean. You don't get that many days where everybody's dialed into you. You're a regional sport that has lost a good chunk of your audience, and if your specific team in that market isn't competitive, that audience is is, is quite limited and, and and fickle, and you're only going to have them for a short time. And opening day is one of those days, no matter how bad the Tigers are, no matter how bad the Padres are, or wherever wherever you are, although the Padres might be a little different this year, obviously Machado, you, you have something uh, to really uh, to celebrate. And um, so yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I, it doesn't doesn't make a whole uh, a whole lot of sense uh, to me why you would why you would not do that. Um, All right, so we have Johnny. Let's just uh, hit our last break here. We'll come back. I'll give him a call, and uh, we'll get we'll get this. He's got a hard out at ten fifty five. So we'll, let's get to it. Sounds great. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Catch the roof. The future of radio is here. SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. Business Wrap, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields, Couch and the Rube, The Spartan Beat with Rico Beard, Lions Today with Doug Warren, and The Drive with Jack and Tom. Listen live, on demand, on the go at SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. When it's your moment, that once-in-a-lifetime moment, you don't just want jewelry. You can get that anywhere. You want a memory that will go down in history, your history, your moment. We're Metawar, crafted with exquisite style, quality, and love. So your present will be stunning every time you look at it, every time someone notices it, and they will notice. We've devoted our lives to this art, and we're proud to share it with you. The gift you want to give is here. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Ogemus, Jackson, Portage, and Brighton. Would you or someone you know love to make a difference in the lives of kids and get paid for it? Dean Transportation is now hiring responsible and caring school bus drivers. You'll earn a competitive benefits package, 401k, paid time off, and we offer flexible scheduling. Excellent driving history required. Paid CDL training provided. Apply now at deantransportation.com slash jobs. That's deantransportation.com slash jobs. Make a difference in the lives of our kids and get paid to do it. Pure Green Lawn and Tree Professionals, your local experts meeting all of your lawn and tree care needs. If you have trouble with stubborn weeds, crabgrass, or just poor color, call 517-703-1111. No high-pressure sales, just knowledge and amazing customer service with many programs available to meet your individual needs. Visit us on the web at puregreenlawn.net to have one of our team members meet with you to figure out a simple, inexpensive solution. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. This is Jack Ebling with the Spotlight Sports Minute. It'll be MSU-LSU Friday evening in Washington with the winner facing the Duke-Virginia Tech Survivor Sunday. And what could be sweeter than that for the 30-6 and six Spartans, the winningest Big Ten program in NCAA tournament history? The Spartans beat Minnesota by 20 to advance in the East, their Big Ten record 20th win over a conference foe this season. And their close call, an 11-point win over Bradley, wasn't nearly as close as LSU's Escape versus Maryland or Duke's Houdini Act versus UCF. As great as it would have been for non-Zionists to see the Blue Devils lose in round two, MSU needs to slay that beast itself. His over K and two more triumphs would make this the greatest season in school history. And if the Spartans can stay out of foul trouble, a gigantic if against the Blue Devils, they can erase every bad memory in the last 25 years. 
I'm Jack Ebling. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. NBC News Radio, I'm Lisa Carter. Former FBI Director James Comey says he thought President Trump's explanation for his firing was possibly obstruction of justice. Again, the president appears to be saying, I don't know what's in his head, which is why I can't reach the conclusion, what he appears to be saying is, I got rid of this guy to shut down an investigation that threatened me. Comey on NBC News. When he was fired, Comey was leading the FBI's investigation of alleged links between Russia and the Trump campaign. A.G. William Barr says special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation didn't establish that the Trump campaign conspired with Russia during the election. Barr also said Mueller didn't make a determination on whether Trump criminally obstructed justice. And a man with a sword is dead. Two L.A. police officers hurt after a confrontation at the Inglewood Church of Scientology yesterday. Shots were fired when police arrived on the scene. The suspect reportedly was shot in the head and later died at a hospital. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. Gambling, booze, and lots of opinions. You're listening to Couch and the Rue. All right, we're back here on Couch in the Roof, Graham Couch, alongside Jason Nick. Now joined by one of our favorites, Johnny Johnny Godchart, John Campbell. Busy week for you, busy week for us. I hope you're doing well, my man. Oh, please tell me you're there, John. All right, Johnny there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. All right, sorry, hit the wrong button. Excellent. That's Excellent. why they Excellent. that's why they call me the Rube, I guess. <laughs> thought, I, thought I had it right. That was a, we'll turn that into a drop right there. Johnny Ochark, John Campbell, uh, an analyst at Ochark.com, a busy man right now. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Welcome, uh, welcome back to the program, my man. No, thanks for having me, guys. Fun time of year. It is. It is, and, and there are a lot of games to go through. Some interesting games. And some lines that I think are, one line in particular that I think is curious. And um, I'm hoping uh, you can help us with this. Let's begin with uh, Purdue, Tennessee, 7.30 tonight. Tennessee is a one-and-a-half point favorite now. At one point, this is a pick em. Then it was a one-point line. It's still low. I don't get it. Like, to me, if you're the a team that, you know, there's a two-seed, the top two-seed against a three-seed, I know you just blew it against Iowa. What, why is this line so small? Well, I, you think Tennessee should be favored by more? I think Tennessee should be three and a half, four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I well, I, t- Purdue's playing outstanding defense right now. Just, just absolutely suffocating against ODU, and they've held their first two opponents to less than thirty-five percent shooting. So, I, that's one reason. I think the other reason is that they hit more threes, and and they're a better three-point shooting team here. They got nine from Carson Edwards against Nova, and uh, and they ranked twenty-eighth in the nation in three-point attempts. So. I think it's a bit of a tricky line that way for oddsmakers. If Tennessee can keep this one down low and inside the arc, they have the advantage. If Purdue gets hitting some threes, I think they have a huge advantage. And I, I just love the way they're playing defense. The other thing, Tennessee is playing horrendous defense right now. 
And that's why their last six games have gone over the total. They allowed almost 80 points per game in those. So just really, really bad defense. I, I love Purdue here. I, I, I think it's actually a pretty good line. I think Purdue is going to win this game straight up. Yeah, that's interesting. So I am on Tennessee. You're on Purdue uh, straight up. Where are you at on this, Jason? You know, I hate to to go against uh, Johnny here, but I, I, I like Tennessee as well tonight. So we'll see yeah, who's I, right I, and wrong I here. Think, I think part of what's happening here is that it's the Carson Edwards effect and, and that we have seen him in some of his worst games. And, and when he's on, too, it's a, it's a, you know, it takes them to a whole other level, and he's that guy who can um, can elevate them. All right, well, well, I, I think it's weird for you guys, too, because you guys cover the Big Ten closely, and Purdue is playing their best basketball of the season. This isn't quite the same yeah. Purdue team that we've seen all season long, and that's hard to wrap your head around if you've been watching the Big Ten all year long. Let's go to Florida State, Gonzaga, and Gonzaga is my pick to win the title. This line is now at minus eight. Um, I, you know, I, I, I view this as a stay-away game because I just uh, – like, I, I like Gonzaga to win the game, but eight points is a lot against a fairly athletic Florida State team. The thing that always worries me for Gonzaga is they just don't play a lot of athletes like that during the year. Um, so I'm going to go Gonzaga minus eight because I just think they're, they're the better team, but I wouldn't, wouldn't touch it. Where are you on this, John? I'm, I'm taking Florida State, yeah, and, and this line move, has moved up a little bit. I'm a little nervous about this one, I have to admit. Gonzaga can just score at will, it seems, but... Florida State plays pretty good D. They've held their last six of their last seven opponents to fewer than 70 points, and I just think they keep it close enough to cover. I do think Gonzaga wins it. How about you, Jason? I, I got to say, I like going last in these things now because I get to hear John, and he can't make fun of my picks. But I, I, <laughs> I did like Florida State now at getting eight points, but Gonzaga, when it opened at six and a half. But I'm thinking Florida State, I'm not a, it's not a stay away from me. I'm thinking Florida State plus eight. Yeah, it, it just it feels like a big line. All right, there's a game tonight that, that I've joked that the over-under should be like 82 for Michigan-Texas Tech, just given the strength of these two defenses. It obviously won't be that. And, it's, and the second you think it'll be a low-scoring game, watch this be a track meet that somehow gets in the 80s. Uh, Texas Tech, a one-and-a-half-point dog in what I think is a game you can argue either way. I picked Michigan. I'll stick with Michigan. I'll go to you next, Jason, so you don't have the advantage oh. of hearing uh, John again. Jason, what, How dare what, you? what do you have here? <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm taking Texas Tech and getting the points. I know I, I, I know what John is going to pick, though. So even if I go second, I know who who John's going to take here. He's going to wear his Michigan oh, uh, hat tonight on the I, pond. I, I, I'm, I'm going to surprise you here. I'm taking Texas Tech, and, uh, yeah. and I think they would. Yeah, I think they win this one. Really tough game to pick here, and and uh, a low spread, number two and three scoring defenses. I think it goes under, but both these teams can score. Like Texas Tech can shoot. They shoot around 47% uh, this year as well, as well as play great defense. So I do think it's going to be lower scoring. Texas Tech in, in a nail-biter. All right. Uh, Oregon, Virginia, I, you know, I don't believe in, in Pac-12 basketball, really, and, and uh, nor do I believe in Oregon. But, you know, Virginia doesn't score a ton. They can suffocate you and get away from though. I actually like Virginia in this game, even though – you know, their pace isn't something that usually lends itself to, to you know, a, a double-digit win in a, in a late tournament game. Uh, Jason, where are you on this? I got to say, I'm taking the points again. I'm taking Oregon, and I'm not excited about it. It might be a stay away. Maybe uh, John can talk me into this one. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Oregon here, and, and uh, I, I think they have a chance to win this one straight up. And, and I think this is a really bad matchup for Virginia because Oregon absolutely loves to get dirty in a low-scoring, muck-it-out kind of game. And 
they won and covered 10 games in a row. They're the hottest bet in the nation right now. And during those 10 games, they held their opponents to 54 points per game and just 35% shooting. So they love this game. This is almost the perfect opponent for Oregon here. And, uh, and, and I just think this is way too many points. I think it's going to be a really close one. Yeah, no, that, that, that's interesting. When you say 10 times in a row they've done that, that, that that's a pretty remarkable remarkable feat to, uh, to hear. Uh, the straight-up line, so the money line actually sounds like the play when you start talking like that. Uh, you may have talked to me in a money line. I, there's no, to me, and, and you made me nervous of this, like Tennessee was the kneecapper in, in the Thursday games, and now I don't have a kneecapper. So let, let, let's look at the Friday slate and see if we can find something that, I, that, that we feel amazing about. And let's let's start with Michigan State LSU. Um, I believe Michigan State is still a six point favorite. Yep, six point favorite. And um, I, to me, again, it's a stay away game. It's a game I can I can see going absolutely uh, either way. Um, I, if I had to choose, I choose Michigan State just because I I think LSU could find itself in a allowing itself to get in a track meet, allowing itself to lose some discipline. But uh, I don't feel good about that either way. How about you, John or Jason? Go yeah, Jason, I, I, Jason. This, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, yeah. Heaven forbid. Yeah, let me go first, John. What is, what is John? Well, yeah, I realized you were getting too much of an advantage. I, I know. That, you know. I, was, I was going to let him go. But listen, I've lost my ass on MSU in the tournament so far, in the Big Ten tournament. I don't know what to do. It's a stay away from me. But if you, I had to pick, if I'm picking you've for lost us, your ass betting, You've lost your ass betting against them, too. True. Either way, I yeah. can't figure this yeah. MSU team yeah. out. So I, But for our picks here, I'm taking LSU plus the points. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I'm taking LSU as well, but this is, the, this is the toughest game in the Sweet 16 for me. I've got, I, I, I'm with Graham. I think it could go either way. Uh, turnovers are a big, big key for Michigan State. They had 22 against Minnesota. They, they have to take care of that because LSU ranked 43rd in the nation in, in turnovers. So, so uh, that's something they have to take care of. They have to be good down low. If they can keep this one inside the arc, I like LSU a lot. But Michigan State's a much better three-point shooting team. I think they're better defensively. So if they start hitting some threes, I think Michigan State can also run away with this. So I'm going with LSU, but I hate it. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, that's a great, uh, great line there. Okay, uh, Auburn, uh, North Carolina, Auburn plus five, another hot team that. Basically, if they shoot well, they can beat just about anybody. It looks like it, it, it's really hard to uh, to read that. I I don't trust Carolina, but I think they're the better team. I think Auburn's luck runs out. I'll I'll give the five and, and I'll take Carolina. Where are you at, Jason? I'm with you. I'm taking Carolina. I just can't trust Auburn. I mean, like you said, they have to get hot in order to beat uh, UNC. The line's still a little heavy, but I'm taking UNC minus five. What do you think, John? I'm, I'm going with Auburn here. I, I'm still taking North Carolina to, to win it all. They're my pick. But uh, Auburn's won 10 games in a row, and they're scoring. I think they can score with anyone right now. They're number one in the nation in three-pointers made this season, and, and they're, they're first by a lot in that category. And UNC didn't shoot well through the first two rounds. I just thought they just shot 32% on, on three-pointers in their first game. And uh, I, I think that's where Auburn has enough of an edge to cover this spread, but I think UNC squeaks it out. Okay, Virginia Tech, Duke, and uh, you know Duke obviously had that ferocious scare against UCF. I think there are some serious flaws there. They've lost Virginia Tech. Both teams didn't have uh, key players in that game. It was in Blacksburg, minus seven and a half. I'm going to go Duke here, but again, we're getting to the point in the season where you just don't have as many mismatches. I don't feel good about it. Jason, what do you have? Of course, I'm taking Vitek, and if, like uh, John's colleague Chris Abbott says, I'm going to sprinkle some money line action on Vitek <laughs> tonight because not only do I have him in my in my bracket to beat Duke, 
I'm just sick of Duke. And I like this line. I like this game. Vatek plus seven and a hook. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like Virginia Tech here. And they're kind of the nemesis of Duke. They've, they've won the last two meetings. They've won three of the last four meetings. Duke has been just giving away way too many points lately. They're, they're, they've just covered one of their last seven games overall. And everyone expects them to win, so their lines have been inflated. Virginia Tech, uh, the number nine scoring defense in the nation. So, so I'm going to take the points in this one as well. All right, we saved the best for last. The, uh, the point spread <laughs> kings of college basketball, the Houston Cougars. Plus three against Kentucky. I think uh, Jason, you know where I am on this. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm all over Houston, I, and I just I like Houston on the money line. I got Houston in the Final Four, um, and uh, Kentucky's got a you know a, a nasty injury and a key player with it that, that might just be a decoy. I'm, I'm going Houston. Where are you at, Jason? I'm with you. It's up to three now, so I'm taking Houston plus three. But like John said, I'm not excited about it, happy about it. But what do you think, John? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with Graham. I love Houston here. I, I think they're going to win straight up. The Odd Shark Supercomputer actually has Houston winning by six points. So, so uh, they like that one. Uh, PJ Washington questionable. That, that's kind of a, a storyline for Kentucky. I don't think he's going to be very effective if he does play. Um, but uh, Houston's great at rebounding. They're better than Kentucky. They're better on defense. I, I, I just think this is a bad number. So give me Houston. I don't think we agreed. Didn't we agree on most of these games? What's wrong with us? I think we did quite a few. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make sure that doesn't happen again. No, but if if there is a game, it's not like <laughs> Oregon, maybe Houston. Is it Oregon, Houston? Are those the uh, of the games you like the most of these? Which are they? Yeah, those those are probably the two. Oregon for sure, and yeah, Houston will probably be the second one. I, I love Purdue as well against Tennessee, and that's not because I don't like Tennessee. It's just I love the way Purdue's playing right now. That really scares me because I I was going to give everybody the, the uh, my kneecapper and, and based on recent kneecappers, uh, that's again take it with a grain of salt. Our kneecaps are gone, need... John. Pretty much is yeah. what uh, Graham's saying. <laughs> but I think we can get the Graham. We can get those kneecaps back. A little Oregon, uh, Vodtech money line sprinkle. There you go. Right exactly. with, with, with Houston, Houston three three way parlay oh, money line. That's dead money. That's you never go more than two. Come on, rookie. <laughs> I'm telling you, put like 200 on it. It's going to pay oh, yeah. several grand over. You'll, 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 you'll Venmo, feel good me, Venmo that 200 to me. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Hey, hey, John, thanks for taking a little time with us. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully talk to you real soon. Thanks, John. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. John Campbell, Johnny Oddshark um, from oddshark.com. We I got to say, I'm on, I'm on Oregon right now. He thinks money line and the spread. I don't know, man. Any games out of there that he – that you were not as confident. Well, I mean, he 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 just ruined me on on Tennessee Purdue. I mean, just I mean, I was feeling so good about that game, and now I feel a little wishy washy. Well, we and, know John doesn't pick all winners, though. You know what I mean? And I true. think he might be wrong on this game. Personally, I think Tennessee covers that. That spread's been weird, kind of all all week long, right? Yeah, no, 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 no doubt. And I love, I love. Uh, I love Houston. I really like that line, and, and, and that's you know again. Is that because you have them in the year. Final Four? I mean, is that a final or a, well, your bracket look, pick? But look at it like this: I have them in the Final Four because I love Houston. Okay. It's not. It's not like oh, I'm going to stick with them because I happen to take them to the Final Four. I put them in the Final Four because I'm all about them. Sure. So I mean, yeah, but there's no question. There's 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 some correlation there, and and, and what about the Zags FSU tonight though? Because I, I I was pretty. I was leaning heavy Florida State, but I don't know if I can be talked out of it. You say it's a stay away. I, I still like Florida State uh, plus eight tonight. 
Yeah, it, that's a tough one for me. I, I really, really, really like Gonzaga and, and don't love Florida State in terms of winning games, in terms of winning big games, in terms of – I don't like Florida State as a favorite. But if you tell me that, you know, because of their athletic ability and, and, and everything they have going, they are long, they, they defend at times, that they can stay with an eight, I, I can believe that against anybody. And, again, Gonzaga hasn't played a lot of athletes like that all year, and that makes me a little nervous in their ability to pull away. Well, we got th- uh, three minutes left, Graham. We want to give people a preview of what you're about to go do. Yeah, Talk sure, some LSU, sure. some Michigan State people. What, what's the story coming up tonight? Yeah, and I also want to remind people that uh, we, we will get into, because the one thing I wanted to talk about today, and this, this is sort of a this jointed show, is um, our groovy donuts, uh, Couch in the Roo, uh bracket challenge. And uh, I wanted to, w- w- you and I will place a bet before the games today, going into the weekend, and, and we will give people what that bet is. And, and who's gonna um, who's gonna lose their ass on the groovy donuts, uh, cut the room bracket challenge? But yeah, what I'm about to do is I'm I'm like minutes away from walking into LSU's locker room. Like literally, it opens in about 45 seconds, and I, I think I'm gonna do a column on sort of what makes this team tick, what it's been like playing without their coach, and um, just get a sense of that. I, you know, I don't know how many more storylines you can beat with Michigan State, and maybe there's nothing with LSU, and I will. But these one of the reasons this show has been disjointed is is um, you know, you wind up with a strange conflict where the locker rooms and the availability and the interview times for one of these teams just happen to be kind of during this show. And um, it, it made it sort of a, a, a difficult day. But we appreciate you hanging with us today. I hope you've enjoyed the show in, in, in to some degree, even if it's been a little different. And, and we'll do a full two hours tomorrow with your Twitter questions um, and, and a lot of other uh, discussions. Um, and I should be safely in the hotel room with all the uh, – proper equipment for tomorrow so, so what's this bet we're betting on a game tonight to, to see who is no 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 worse we we're, we're gonna bet on, we, we gotta we gotta come up with a an able bet on the uh the groovy donuts couch in the rube oh gotcha. classic challenge between you and i oh just you're you still I. yeah you're still kind of alive even though i'm like 40 spots ahead of you i see i thought you were talking about the games tonight yeah no no oh, i gotcha no, no, i just want, we'll, we'll I want a little internal wager and, and then to magnify that if either one of us doesn't finish ahead of my mother. <laughs> like, that's where the real punishment lies. That's I true. Think. But your mom said you she has some good picks, though. So, I don't know. She does. She, she's all in on Michigan State. So, we'll see how long uh, that ride goes. I, one thing I've learned about living in this area and playing bracket games is if you choose MSU, you're, you're, even if MSU's a likely winner, it's, the problem is so many other people are also taking MSU that it's hard to separate yourself. Yep. So that, that, that's why you got to do two brackets. Yep, yep, yep. A lot of people do the heart and the head bracket, right? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's why I'm not against the, the two bracket idea. Well, Jason, I enjoyed what we could do today. Yeah, man. I uh, look forward to tomorrow's show. We'll get your Twitter questions in there. Thanks for listening. Couch in the Roof.
This is Matt Sloan with the best peace of mind guarantee you'll find only at Graf Chevrolet Okemos. Buy from Graf Okemos and you'll receive two years maintenance free of charge on any used car purchase. That's right, two years free maintenance. When your purchase is certified, Graf will double your free maintenance to four years. Now that's real peace of mind only from Graf Okemos. Are you looking for a used car on a tight budget? We have many cars to choose from, priced at $99.95 and under. We even have a good selection of vehicles under $5,000. If you're buying a used vehicle this week before you buy anywhere else, listen to this. Buying a used vehicle at Graf Chevrolet Okemos and you'll get free of charge two years maintenance. Whether you buy a $2,000 used vehicle or a $20,000 used vehicle, you get two years maintenance free of charge. That's peace of mind. That's why we call it the Graf Okemos Peace of Mind Program. So why buy your next vehicle at Graf Okemos on West Grand River just east of the Meridian Mall? Because your co-workers, friends, and neighbors are. Just ask. Graf Chevrolet Okemos Grand River, just three blocks east of the Meridian Mall. Why should you buy from Graf? Because your friends, co-workers, and family are. Just ask them. We're making friends. Politics, business, sports. This is the Spotlight Radio Network. SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. Opening day around Major League Baseball with all 30 teams in action. The day starts what should be an incredible season. In the new-look National League East with Bryce Harper making his Phillies debut in Philadelphia where the Phillies will host the Atlanta Braves, he's looking forward to it. When I step into a batter's box, you know, 45,000 people going crazy. would love to put a heart rate monitor on to see what it looks like because I just I enjoy those moments. I enjoy, you know, the craziness, and, you know, that's, that's what I do. Pitching is what Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer do. The 2018 National League Cy Young Award winner DeGrom will go against the three-time winner Scherzer as the New York Mets host the Washington Nationals. NBA, Devin Booker scores 50 again and once again isn't enough to lift woeful Phoenix to victory. Booker becomes the youngest player in league history to score at least 50 in consecutive games as he hits that number exactly in the Suns' 124-121 home loss to the Washington Wizards. NCAA tournament resumes tonight with Sweet 16 action in Anaheim and Louisville. Number one seeds Virginia and Gonzaga in action. Matt Stewart, NBC News Radio. Heavy snow in the Rockies and more rain across the central portion of the country. Pacific moisture is shifting inland and combining with Arctic air to produce heavy snow across the northern Rockies today. Heavy snow spreads into the central Rockies and the plains tomorrow. Additional rains across the central U.S. could cause some flash flooding. This Pacific system will also bring gusty winds and the increased threat of fire and severe weather potential to the southern plains. A severe storm threat is up for tomorrow for eastern Oklahoma. As the front moves through the Mountain West today and into the plains on Friday, it will continue to produce heavy rain. Unfortunately, a lot of drenching already extends through the Great Plains and the Midwest, and there's the possibility of one to three inches of rain from Nebraska to Ohio and southern Michigan as we go through Friday and head into Saturday. There's also the threat for severe storms across the southern plains. That's the National Weather Forecast. I'm Jackie Murphy, NBC News Radio. NBC News Radio. I'm Lisa Carter. President Trump says he might close the southern border again. Trump tweeting this morning that he's angry Mexico isn't, as he put it, doing much to stop the flow of illegal immigrants to our country. This follows an announcement from the Customs and Border Protection Commissioner saying the breaking point has arrived at the border. Meanwhile, Trump is accusing former FBI employees Peter Strzok and Lisa Page of committing treason when they began investigating his possible ties to Russia. The president told Sean Hannity that they wanted to do a subversion, adding it was treason. It was really treason.